You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing and want to subscribe and follow up on earlier episodes or continue subscribing and listening throughout the rest of the year, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. Before we get into today's episode, which um, it's been a long day, I'm not going to lie. Um, as you know, I am American, and so it's been uh, it's been a bit of a trying past uh, 24 hours or so. And I just wanted to let you know that we here at Locked On Winnipeg Jets are always here for you. If ever you need to talk or, or you're looking for a place to sort of get away from a little bit of some of the chaos out there, we're always here. Put us on by your fireside. We enjoy having you listen to us. We're incredibly grateful for your support. And if ever you need somebody to talk to, you know, you can reach me at my Twitter at HLLivingLoco again or at the podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. I definitely would love to converse with you. And I uh, just wanted to let you know we're here for you during these uh, very difficult times. I'm sure a lot of us have had some, you know, struggles with all of this. But for just a little bit this evening, you know, step aside, sit with me, and let's talk about some Winnipeg Jets stuff. There's quite a bit to cover, and we'll kind of start off with what happened during the World Juniors. And I kind of want to give some high-level thoughts about Winnipeg's prospects and what they might mean for the Jets long-term. And then we'll talk a little bit about how some of these prospects might impact this upcoming season and whether or not Winnipeg really stands a chance of making the playoffs and what they might actually accomplish once they even make the postseason. Let's start off with... Winnipeg's prospects though and how they did during the World Juniors and the first one that I want to talk about and the guy who I think is most likely to step into the lineup sooner rather than later is Vili Heinola and honestly man Heinola was like the best defender in this entire tournament now I didn't get to watch every single tournament game but when you watch Heinola's game and you watch how he thinks about plays and and develops them well in advance of when his teammates are there how he calmly positions himself to intercept different uh, offensive sequences that are coming into his own defensive zone and, and how he anticipates everything, gets himself into good positions, reads the plays, forces turnovers, and positions himself to seal off outlets for the opponent. I mean, this kid just plays at a level that is so far above what most teenagers are capable of. He really is a big brain, high IQ kind of defender. I don't really see many defensive prospects who have as much of a natural ability at understanding and diffusing pressure as Heinola exhibits on a regular basis. He often was faced with incredibly difficult two-on-ones, lots of odd man rushes, because to be honest, Finland's defense wasn't that great. Vili, though, always seemed to be in the right position to at least try and make some kind of a stop or a save if things got really desperate. It didn't always succeed. He was definitely on the ice for a couple of goals against, but for the most part, I think he was a very stabilizing force on a back line that had a lot of... Uh, I don't want to say less than stellar defenders, but I think these kids, for the most part, they're definitely not quite as, as developed and mature as he is. 
Offensively speaking, I really like the way that he approached a lot of the offensive zone activations. I think that his work on the power play was brilliant, his shot selection was great, and his point shots were always to different areas where somebody could tip the puck and create a really dangerous chance. Some of his shots pinged off of goalkeeper masks or just went near the post or, or was so close to scoring and I really feel like Heinle was actually overdue for at least a few more points. He was very good in the games that he played, had a couple of assists and stuff, and was just generally a really smart player, especially when he decided when he wanted to activate from the blue line, drop below the face-off circles, and use either like a little bit of a body feint, a stutter step, or something to force opposing defenders to commit to him, which would open up passing lanes that he easily hit. I really feel like if he makes Winnipeg's roster and, and starts getting like anywhere in the top four, I mean, this kid's just going to be a dominant player in, in all situations. I think what makes him very exceptional is the fact that he understands when is the right time to commit, when do you need to pull back and, and try and cover for your teammates, how can you be the most, I would say, useful part of your line you know he wants to be somebody who's always in the right positions making the right passes providing a safe outlet and being a general all-around catalyst but somebody who also focuses on the details which you just don't see from players of his, his age group I mean he's really really mature and you can tell that he's already been playing in a pro league for several seasons now with the way that he approached this entire tournament Oftentimes, he was the one who could lead breakouts inside the offensive zone, whether he was on the power play or whatnot. I mean, he was so confident on the puck. He was incredibly smooth in skating. His transitions were great. I know that there have been some stellar defensemen who have played for the Jets, but in a purely talent-related sense and, and sort of IQ sense, I think Kainala might be the most overall talented prospect the Jets have seen on their blue line. Now, there was an interesting you know, discussion that I had with a couple of Jets fans about whether or not you know, he would ever equal anywhere near like Dustin Bufflin's legacy, and Bufflin at his best was truly one of the top blue liners in the entire NHL. As a skater and as a defender... He was almost unmatched in both his style and his total impact on the game because he was so good at creating lots of offensive opportunities, but as he aged out, he also got very good at becoming a really reliable defender in his own zone. And I think there's a legitimate question as to whether or not Heinle can ever reach that level of impact. I personally, I, I feel like he's going to be on that level of good. I think the way that he thinks about the game and the fact that he's so calm under pressure makes the right decisions constantly and has already shown a knack for doing it at a higher level like the NHL, even at a small sample size. I don't know, man, I just get a really good feeling about Vili. The way that he approaches the game and, and how smart he is and just understanding space at a level above most other players his age, I, I just like the way that he approaches things, and I think he's going to be a really, really, really successful NHLer and more than likely a top-pairing defender. My gut tells me he's going to be as good at controlling play as Bufflin was in his prime, but in a totally different way, and I think that that's something that's important to note. Bufflin could dominate with physicality, puck control, strength, speed, aggression. He had all of these elements that made him one of the most unique defenders around. If Heinle is to replicate that level of success, he's going to do it through a lot of incredible puck possession, passing, distribution, breakout creation, and essentially quarterbacking, you know, zone exits and transitions at all situations. I think he plays a lot like Toby Enstrom in some areas, but like a much younger Enstrom, although he has a few elements to his game that I think are also very unique to himself. He's confident, he's assertive, he's smart, and his decision-making tends to be very good. I mean, he doesn't really misplay many passes, he knows when he needs to take a shot, 
His feints and body rolls and stuff are perfect. He's just a level above the kids in this tournament, and I think it really showed throughout the entire experience that he was the best defender in all of the World Juniors. Of course, Heinola wasn't the only player on Team Finland that Jets fans were eagerly awaiting. We'll talk about Henri Nikonen in just a little bit, and whether or not he holds a near-future spot on Winnipeg's roster, but before then, I wanted to tell you a little bit about Bet Online. As we approach this upcoming weekend, a lot of you NFL fans are probably super excited about the wildcard playoff rounds. Whether you're a Baltimore Ravens fan hoping Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins can lead Baltimore to glory once again, or a Cleveland supporter hoping that the Browns finally break their playoff curse and just general sense of malaise, Maybe you want to place a bet on one of these teams, and you're looking for the best, most reliable, and safest place to do it. There's no better choice than betonline.ag. They've got betting lines for all of the top sports, including college football, NFL, and even NHL action. Whether you're looking to bet on the next Stanley Cup champ or the next Super Bowl winner, BetOnline has your back. Signing up for an account is super easy and free. When you create an account at BetOnline.ag, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Stop hanging out on the sidelines and missing all of the best action, and go to BetOnline.ag today. Again, don't forget, when you're creating a free account, use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Before we continue our World Juniors coverage and wrap-up and conclusion on some of Winnipeg's top prospects, I did want to tell you why you should be listening to Locked on Bets. 2020 is mercifully over, and it's time for a fresh start for all of us, including a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking the top college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets, and be sure to drop a review on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. We're jumping back into some of our analysis on Winnipeg's prospects during the World Juniors, and one of them that also played for Team Finland alongside Vili Heinola is Henri Nikonen. Now, Nikonen, I think, was somebody who I personally did not know that much about heading into camp. I'd seen some stuff on Twitter about him being really good in Liga and, and somebody that most people should keep an eye out for, but I didn't really know more other than that he seemed like a solid depth forward at some point, like a, a nice third or fourth line center. What he actually did for Team Finland in the top six role was be a really nice net front pest with very good hand-eye coordination, nice spatial awareness, uh, and just generally being a a good offensive threat. He's not somebody who has, like, unbelievable tools, and I've told you this before in some earlier podcasts. I tend to put him in, like, that Andrew Kopp slash Adam Lowry sort of tier of player where they're pretty good and they they occupy, like, a really nice middle six role, even if they don't quite have the tool sets to advance beyond like maybe like a a really low-end second-line player at best, which quite frankly, if you're talking about somebody who's a middle six player and you can actually trust them with second-line duty, I think that you're just in really great straits. I mean, that's incredibly difficult. It's very demanding. It's a high-end role, and it's something that if you get a player like that in a late-round draft, I think you're you're really uh, doing pretty well. Now, where Nikonen differs from Kopp and Lowry is that he's not really defensively oriented. He's somebody who likes to post himself inside the offensive zone to create chances, and he's very direct in a lot of ways, but I think what he often likes to do is look for those greasy rebound goals and focus more on offensive chance creation. When he was tracking back, I'd noticed that he wasn't really defensively aggressive, like he's not man-marking really tightly. I don't think that he does too, too much beyond winning some board battles and trying to force turnovers behind the net, which is fine. His defensive positioning is, like, sufficient. It's not really high-end or elite, but I think in the role that he would be playing for the Jets, which in a couple of seasons would probably be, like, a third-line or fourth-line role, 
I think he'll be great, even though like his defensive work isn't quite as industrious as somebody like Cop or Lowry, I think he's going to be just fine. I think the way that he pursues the puck, how he can oftentimes use his frame to win puck battles and essentially steal the puck away from opponents to create a breakout heading the other way, I think Nikonen's going to be very good. I like the potential of his offensive upside and if he continues to work on some of his approaches around the net and developing his finishing instincts, I think he'll be a great third line center. The last guy we'll talk about is somebody who I think might be considered disappointing to a lot of Canadian fans, and that's Cole Perfetti. Now, I think it's important to think about Perfetti with a lot of caveats. I think that, uh, you know, Perfetti has added a lot of muscle to his frame, and it seems like throughout the tournament, it did start to wear on him a bit. I think he didn't quite have the stamina to match that additional muscle strength, and that's that's not super shocking. When you get significantly stronger, it can take your body some time to adapt to all of that added muscle mass and energy consumption, which is not something that Perfetti has really had time to train in. Obviously, he's been spending a lot of time at the training rink trying to work up his skating stride and probably building up his stamina as well, but it's it's been COVID season, right? So it's hard for him to play and get trained up and get game conditioned, especially without having like a real game situation like he was playing for Team Canada. From the ice time that he got, which was a little bit limited, I did see some nice things from him. I thought that his zone entries where he had control and could essentially lay off passes or or look for cross-seam routes, I think he did that very well. Sometimes he had really dangerous shots that nearly scored or occasionally did score. I think that his positioning around the face-off circles was frequently very dangerous. He made nice passes. His shot decision-making was fine. I liked a lot of what I saw, but I also think that there were some parts of his game where you know, as smart as he was and as good as he was at getting into great positions and setting up his line mates, I also feel like he had a couple of shifts where he just wasn't able to get as involved. But I will say that towards the end of the tournament, when Canada needed a really good injection from, I mean, you know, a player who'd been resting on the bench, it seemed like Perfetti had a lot of jump when he would come off. And against Team USA, when Canada lost 2 nothing, I felt like Perfetti's line in particular was one of the few that was able to create offensive opportunities late in the game until the rest of the team started to wake up. The sucky thing for Perfetti is that, again, I think the stamina issue did cause him to start losing steam very quickly. Towards the end of his shifts, around 30 seconds to 40 seconds, you could see him start to slow down a bit, and it was just... I think it was very taxing to constantly go back and forth, and certainly against a team like the U.S. where they were essentially playing like a track meet game, I don't think that that was the best showcase of what you would want from a guy who just put on extra muscle and is still training his body to get used to it. All that said, I think Perfetti had a couple of nice performances throughout the tournament. Nothing like too crazy, and he wasn't able to take over games in part because he just didn't get that much ice time. With some development time in the pro leagues, though, I do foresee Perfetti being a star playmaker. He showed off some of those excellent playmaking skills, some of the incredible spatial awareness, and just general offensive IQ that he was drafted for and was so hyped for. He's probably a little bit further out than I thought. He might need like a season in the AHL or so before he starts to acclimate to this level of hockey, but I think he's very close. He just needs like another year or so before I think he might be ready for NHL duty. Unless he gets a couple of games this year, maybe they try him out and see where he is developmentally speaking, but personally, just from seeing him in the World Juniors, he may need a little bit of extra time to get seasoned. Speaking of talking about this upcoming NHL season, in just a moment, we'll talk about what you know, making the playoffs might look like for the Jets and whether or not they're actually capable of it. You know, is this team, as it is, going to be good enough to make the postseason against a Canadian division that, frankly, isn't that strong? Before then, though, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the fine folks at rockauto.com. When it comes to buying auto parts during COVID times, it can often be difficult to find the best ways to save money and balance all of your budget while still getting the car parts you need. If you're looking for the one-stop shop that has all of the best parts 
parts at a price you crave, look no further than rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Whether you're looking for a brand new engine control module or a floor mat replacement for the one you dropped that greasy taco on, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And if you don't know anything about cars like me, don't worry. RockAuto.com is intuitive and easy to use and allows you to sort by the exact make, year, and model of your vehicle, as well as price range filters so you get the exact parts you want at the price you love. Go to RockAuto.com right now, and when you place an order, be sure to write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com today. Welcome back to this final few minutes of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are talking about upcoming season stuff and whether or not the Jets are actually going to make the postseason. I think that there are quite a few variables surrounding Winnipeg right now. A lot of it deals with a lot of uncertainty around Patrick Laine, uh, the defense, whether or not Connor Hellebuck is going to have another Vezina-like season. Let's start off with the basics. I think Patrick Laine is going to play for Winnipeg this season, and I don't think that he gets traded until the summer, if he does get traded at all. For one thing, I think Laine wants to prove that, in fact, he is still a franchise goal scorer, and he wants to put those numbers up so that when he gets a next contract, it's going to be a huge payday. In a flat cap situation, that is going to be a bit of a problem, especially for a team like Winnipeg, which is actually not that cap rich. They'll definitely have money coming off the books over the next couple of seasons, but it's going to be difficult to try and fit like a $9 million winger under contract, especially if that's what Line A would end up getting. There are some players that I think could be moved and some contracts that could be taken off the books to try and fit that cap hit comfortably under the ceiling, but I do think that it would create some stresses on the rest of the roster, and to be honest, you know, I think it's a situation where I personally love Line A, but I don't know if his value to the team in terms of his on-ice production would match what his cap hit would be. That said, I think that the Jets would be, in some ways, a little bit unwise not to give it at least one more season and see if he sticks around. You know, Laine's answers during his, his, I guess, interrogation as he came back from um, his quarantine and stuff, to me it indicated that he didn't really care all that much about the trade speculation. He didn't shut it down at all because, you know, he's not really in a position to do so, and frankly, he's been deferring to his agent, which, in a situation like this, he should be. But I'm sure that the uncertainty has probably left a lot of folks wondering what exactly his future is. I'd like to see him spend one more season here and give it a shot. Maybe the Jets and he can patch things up and and maybe time will heal some old wounds. I personally want him to be a face of this franchise and I think that he could certainly do it. But I understand if things aren't able to be patched up and he has to be shipped off. Maybe the Jets can finally get Pierre-Luc Dubois in place of Patrick Laine and and fill a big role in, in terms of like a top six center. But... Dubois supposedly wants a bigger stage, and I don't think Winnipeg would be first on that list, so I'm not going to hold my breath for that particular trade. As far as the blue line is concerned, I think Winnipeg's defense is going to be okay. I'm not expecting a whole lot. If Heinola makes the team, obviously my projections probably get a little bit more positive. Even if Maurice only gives him like third-pairing minutes, I think Heinola is... By sheer addition of who he'd be replacing, I I think that Heinola is immediately a tremendously positive influence. I think he's got a decent shot to work his way up the lineup very quickly and somebody that Maurice could easily trust in multiple situations, including the power play. He brings a lot of offensive value as he does defensive value, so there's quite a bit to like about his game. If all were to go well and he actually plays the full season with Winnipeg, it wouldn't shock me if he somehow got onto the second pairing by the end of it, but obviously I'm trying to measure my expectations. He is a young rookie, and I'm sure Maurice doesn't always trust guys like him, especially with how uh, intense and fast the league can be. 
even if the defense is improved, I still think it's going to be down to Hellebuck being really good again. He's going to have to have a season that's pretty close to his Vesna caliber year. He doesn't have as many games to play, but that also means that the margin for error for Winnipeg is probably going to be a little bit lower. They are extremely fortunate in some ways that they only have to face the Canadian teams because aside from like Toronto and Montreal, I don't really worry about any of the other teams. Edmonton and Calgary can be annoying sometimes, the Vancouver Canucks are too, but for the most part, I think the Jets, for the time being, probably have enough firepower to overcome some of the issues that they've had with these teams before. Playing the Sens like nine times over 56 games is, is going to be a pretty decent amount of points for the Jets to easily grab. I think Winnipeg can easily make the top four of this division and, and likely a playoff spot. I'm not going to guarantee it, but I also do think that the rest of the teams just don't have enough depth, and to be honest, I think Winnipeg in a lot of ways, is going to have a better season than they did last year if they can at least play break-even hockey. That's a bit of a big if, but I, I trust this team to a degree. I think that they have the potential to do so. Uh, the departures of some of the uh, lesser impact players maybe helps the Jets a bit. I don't know. You know, it's still going to be some depth defender issues that we've had, uh, especially with guys like Potato and some of the other players who have kind of come and gone with this roster and not really been a major difference maker. But if Sandberg can make the team, if Heinle can make the team, you know, these guys might be big difference makers for a team that right now doesn't have a whole lot on the back end. As we go through the next few days before we actually get closer to the start of the season, I'll talk a little bit more about what I expect from this team and what players in particular I'd like to see have better or, or you know, at least break even seasons to what they've had in previous years. And we'll discuss what I really want from guys like Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler, because I think this season is going to be a big deal for them. They need to have uh, improved performances, and certainly in a year in which we're going to have a shortened season that's more like a sprint, these guys are going to have to step up to the plate in a big way. For tonight, though, that's going to do it for this show. Before you log off, be sure to check out the Locked On National Podcast. This week on the Locked On NHL Podcast, get ready for the start of the regular season with Sarah Avampato of Locked On Kings and the Locked On NHL Season Preview Series. Previews of all 31 NHL teams, division by division, and who to pick up and drop in your fantasy leagues courtesy of Locked On Fantasy Hockey host Scott Cullen are available every week starting this week, January 4th. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your favorite podcasts today. As always, thank you so much for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!